Welcome everyone to If I May, a podcast with me, Brent, an average guy, along with three of my average friends, Kyle, Dylan, and wait, not Dylan, Nick. Uh, Dylan's actually not with us today. He has mic issues, so we'll hopefully see him next week when he can figure whatever that is out. And today we're going to talk about stuff while interrupting each other as politely as possible. This is episode 40. <laughs> like, Let's go. I was like, you throw that little part in there or not? Ah, it's a dramatic pause right there. I, it was that very, was quite dramatic. I, I didn't very know dramatic. anything to say after that. <laughs> so dramatic. Who wants dramatic to start? Pause. Who wants to start? Who, who's got what? Oh, it's March. It is. Yep, spring is here. That's a fact. It's Groundhog. Was 77 by you? Nice. 77. Yeah, it's, it it's is like we're in not seventy seven right here. Uh what is it still polar vortex or no no uh, no, no. boom uh bla- bomb cyclone. Bomb uh, no. cyclone. <laughs> right now it's that's intense. It's currently thirty six. Let's see let's see what tomorrow's supposed to be. Tomorrow's supposed to be a high of fifty six. So that's that's pretty decent. Nick, how about bomb you? How's your cyclone. how's your weather? Oh gosh, yeah. You know, nothing gets a podcast started quite like talking about the weather. Oh but, yeah, that's, uh, that's that the in, only way to get in mind. Uh, I think we were going to touch fifty degrees for the first time uh, in the last five months. I think is what I saw in the news. The melting has uh, commenced in full full form. Uh, my backyard is starting to reveal itself once again. Uh, it's quite a mess as I left it in fall with a lot of. I do dick. have a backyard. I didn't exactly. Actually, I do have a lot of dog crap that, that I need to pick up because I'm lazy in winter and just <laughs> let the dogs out and we haven't picked up a whole lot. So that will be a, a project for hopefully when things dry out. I think we're due for it to be a mud pit for at least the next month after that. Uh, I will have to commit to the first dry-ish day and uh, go and do a thorough cleaning and um, not only fecal matter, unfortunately, uh, but the, uh, the leaves we did not get in the bin towards the end of the year, as we should have, and a number of sticks. Both I have two very large trees in my backyard, and both of them uh, have a lot of sticks that fall off of them throughout the year. So with some of the rough winter weather that we've had, uh, there's a, a great number of sticks. A lot I like of to call them baby branches. <laughs> Sure, baby branches <laughs> uh, that I'll need to be picking that in so, Lots of uh, work to <laughs> be guy. done. Once we move past the weather, uh, it is March, and there's only one thing that matters, and that is the tournament. And Ooh. if you are listening to this podcast, it is Thursday. It is day one. It is arguably the greatest weekend of the year if you are a sports fan. I, it is. If I may, uh, I could care less. God, Olympics, man. I love the Olympics. Olympics are solid. I I can get behind the Olympics. About the Olympics. I care about the tournament. Uh, And gambling cares about the tournament. It is one of the big gambling events every year, and it is America's event. I mean, it is all the major colleges, all the major programs going head-to-head for dominance, and it's – it's just not predictable. I mean, you look at the NFL playoffs, you know the Patriots are going to be in there every year. You look at the uh, NBA playoffs, and it used to be LeBron was always going to be in the finals. Uh, I think I saw a stat where this is the first year in like 10 plus years where either Kobe or LeBron uh, is not in the finals. So, uh, you know, that's that's a very clear pattern you see. But when it comes to college basketball, 
despite scandals, despite uh, things that are going on in the background, I, I still believe there is a pure element to college <laughs> basketball and, and to the tournament. Uh, a one and done, none of this seven game series nonsense uh, allows for the Cinderella stories that are so amazing. But this first weekend, especially, you have four days. In the first two days, uh, I believe there are, what, 60, 68 teams in the tournament. 64 teams play on Thursday and Friday. Uh, the, the, technically, the first four started tonight on Tuesday, which is uh, or, yeah, when we're recording. And then uh, tomorrow is the, the, the other, the second half of the day. If I may, four. is college basketball, so I don't follow basketball at all. I, I did go my to my first ever NBA game not too long ago to the Nuggets, and that was super fun. But like, I don't know. I guess I could care less about basketball. Um, I, I did. I mean, the only basketball I was ever into was when our high school team was going to state. That's the only time I ever cared about basketball. But is college basketball similar to like college football, where like there's a zero defense, all offense, or like what's the college basketball versus pro basketball difference there? There's defense uh, in college game. Um, especially if you're a fan of teams like Wisconsin, which I got to see live a lot of times when I went to Madison and it's fun. I, I really like the college game. You have the student aspect, you're indoors, so you're not really cold and they play defense, at least if you're in the big time, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I would argue that the NBA, uh, the, the talent level and the ath- athletic level is so incredibly high. Um, but they're not playing for anything outside of themselves. You know, you have someone like LeBron or Kobe or, or, you know, a prodigy level player that's playing for championships, but everyone else is playing for a paycheck. Whereas, um, and there are, there are college, 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 you're playing for something more. I mean, yes, some of those guys, the ability to get that paycheck, NBA draft stock, um, and other things, but, um, the, the purest in me, still believes that there is something in the college basketball game today that is, is worth holding on to. Uh, you know, maybe they should be paid or compensated because uh, they are poor college students and they, they deserve to, you know, get a piece of the pie and they're not getting that, but that's a separate discussion. But so at any I, rate, like, if I may, I, for that whole, that general discussion, I don't, I, I fully understand schools not directly paying kids because that becomes pretty sketchy, pretty quick. It's like, are you trying to even give them an education? But I think if a college kid wants to go off and make money off their own name, that should be fair game. Like if they want to sell their own stuff or they should get a cut of their Jersey sales or, you know, if they want to sell their own name, that should be all them. But uh, yeah. And it, it's, it gets into a real blurry area very quickly. I, I don't want to talk about this necessarily today. Um, but I, I, the quick blurb I'll provide you on that one is that's all fine and dandy that they can make money off of their own name. Uh, college football, there used to be uh, every year there was a brand new Madden and there was a brand new NCAA football. They, so they stopped making the NCAA football in 14. game, I think, found out in 14, 14 because was the one. they were making names off of the players. And from a recruiting standpoint, the biggest schools would have even more of an advantage than they already do. Because if you go to a university of California, if you go to a uh, major school that has a huge fan base, you can make a lot more money. Therefore you are further incentivized to go to a school like that rather than a smaller one. And that would make things more broken than they already are. But I mean, if I, I may, though, in college sports, it's don't want to go down that avenue. If it's already I, broken yeah. like that, though, because all the big 
players go to Duke, they go to UNC, they go to the ones that will get the primetime games, just like in football. All the good players, you want to get drafted number one, they're going to go to Alabama. It's no parody. But I will. Next weekend is. I'm not going to earn it for you. There are games that are going to occur between Thursday and Friday. There are four games going on at any given point in time for the entire Thursday and Friday. And then there are two games at any given point on Saturday and Sunday. It is nonstop buzzer beater action. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I have the privilege of working from home and I will be absolutely tuned in and having different screens on in the background. Rock the picture in picture. Exactly. And it is, it is so much fun. And uh, my dad did something that I desperately want to do one day. Um, I want to go to Vegas for the opening weekend of the tournament because technically the other weekends are, are still very good and there's a lot of great basketball to be seen. But the opening weekend, there's four games going on at any given point in time. You have you know all of these games finishing in a period of about 20 minutes. And it is, it is so much fun to go out to Vegas and bet on these games. And there's all kinds of different betting games. If you want to put a little money on it, uh, they usually have it set up with TV screens covering every square inch of every single wall. Uh, you have a few beers, you have a bunch of great snacks, and you're in Vegas just kind of in that environment. Oh, that is that is. The I don't know. So if I if I may, I, I can't see how that can compare. I remember uh, it's been in Milwaukee in the past, at least the opening weekend for a while. And I know you've gone to some of those. I can't possibly imagine how sitting in Vegas is going to be any better than actually being at the games themselves. Isn't that, that's, the, that's the, a great point. March Madness? Uh, and you're, you are, you are right and wrong at the same time, because <laughs> especially with that, that first weekend being, being at the tournament was, was really cool. My father got tickets and was nice enough to take me, I think a year ago, no, two years ago, maybe. Two years ago, I believe in in Milwaukee, he and I went. He just called me up like a week or two before and was like, "Hey, you want to go?" And my thought was, "Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> miss it for the world." But sure. <laughs> here's the thing: that's only. I'm, there are three other locations that have great games going on, and to be able to watch all those and go back and forth uh, is is a unique, unique situation. Uh, the one thing I would add that kind of makes a difference. Uh, the way the tickets are set up for the games, after every single game, they need to empty the stadium. Then if you have the second round of tickets, you get to go back in. Typically what they do is I think they sell them in in uh, in groupings. So there are four games that occur at each location. Uh, and there are four locations that are, are going on. This sounds way too confusing and makes sense. fully enforces why I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's, being in that's Vegas, annoying. <laughs> You get to experience all of it. And and given how many games are going on, the buzzer beaters and all the, the bracket busters and everything that goes with that, it's it's almost better to not be in, in the actual location so that you can witness all the different things occurring across the country in all the different locations. Now, in later weekends, yes, seeing following your team or, or being at the game. Actually, it's in Minneapolis this year, uh, fun fact the national championship is, but the breakout from different locations. So, um, no, I would argue that for the opening weekend of the tournament, it would be better to be in Vegas or to have a a nice bar set up. And I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings is going to advertise like crazy because they know um, having access to all those TVs, watching all the buzzer beaters. I was say, if I may, 
Julian and I, Julian and I were at Buffalo Wild Wings this last weekend, and it was already nuts just from like the individual uh, tournament conference uh, leagues. Yeah, yeah, the conference tournaments. Like that was even like crazy. Just people, there was people cheering at every single basket. It's like, oh yeah. my, like. And if they were ahead by quite a bit, it's like you're not coming. Like <laughs> That's this, it's this is over. Like why are you cheering for every single basket? It's only America. It's only America. But it, it brings the country oh, together. Gosh. I think uh, I'm Coach not K together. Was, I'm not with you. It brings the country together for I'm one month. Here. I'm with you on that. I so I Almost for one, I really like. I really like when it lines up with the state basketball tournament, so you can have high school and college at the same time. It's okay that I didn't. Yes, get all the basketball overall at once. That way we don't have to no, care. No. I, I want to quick, uh, before we jump in, I want to do a nature news because it's kind of re- related to this. Um, oh, but before oh. we do that, what's, who's oh. everyone's team? Real quick, who, who's going to win it? Uh, Kyle, you can just name a random college and we'll tell you if it's in or not. I, I know of Wisconsin. There you go. Wisconsin's your team. <laughs> uh, they're probably not going to make Is there the a Colorado time. team in? Um, Is CU in? They'll be my know. second pick. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Duke. I don't know. Best player. It's it's not a upset-driven one, but best two players in the entire college basketball. Is that one school that had, like, the nun show up to every single game in? They might be. Is that, like, St. John's or something? I don't know. They'll be my third pick. It was a, a small-time school. I, I know what you're talking about. Somewhere in Chicago. And the, they, they were winning, and they weren't supposed to, and the only game they lost is the one where the nun didn't show up to it. Oh, she was, or she left game. early or something. Because she was sick. She's what do you got, Nick? What do you got? Uh, I personally will be betting on Duke. I think that's the smart bet. Uh, but I did see a very interesting breakdown of the statistics on ESPN. Not that I want to get too analytical about it, but they talked about like uh, across the board if they pulled some some major stats as far as free throw percentage and. Uh, winning record and uh, quality of play from the guards and all this different stuff. They they went off and listed a bunch of stats that basically picked the top, you know, all of the like eight seeds and above. Cause I think the highest seed to ever win it in the last like 25 plus years has been an eight seed. I think uh, maybe even lower than that, but they pulled all those. And then they, you know, basically said, okay, well uh, 11 of the last 10 years, it was this or higher uh, 11 of the last 10 years, uh, a point guard that scored, you know, 25 or more points uh, was on the team that won the national championship. Way too they much broke, detail um, for me to care. Oh yeah, they did a crazy level <laughs> of analytics, and they basically said North Carolina would win. Yeah, that's not really popular. That's the final. I hope it's not four times in one season. It's too much. Uh, I think that would be entertaining. Boring. My personal hope is just because Virginia plays Wisconsin-style basketball, I hope Virginia has a revenge tour to make up for last year. Uh, I need that because freaking Virginia, I picked them to win last year and they they bombed out. I think it'd be hilarious if they lose again. A lot of people are going to sleep on them and I think they're going to go on a revenge tour and they're going to make it at least to the final four. I want to see them lose twice to a 16 And that's basketball talk. All right, so Nature News, let's go. It's time for the Nature News of the Week. So Nick was talking about going to Vegas, and this inspired something in me. Um, I saw an article this week that I found fascinating. There was a racing pigeon named Armando. Can I please, wait, if I may, where can I find these racing pigeons, and how do I at least watch these races? 
I do not know because it's in China. Do I need to go to ESPN um, 8 The Ocho? Like, how do I watch it, Pigeon Races? It would be on there. I, I didn't see that. I didn't read that far into it. But right, you need to research this. This is very crucial. Pigeon. This is much better than college basketball. This racing pigeon sold for $1.4 million. This racing pigeon is worth more than I am. Mind <laughs> you, a pigeon sold for $1.4 million. They refer to him as... Lewis Hamilton of racing pigeons, which is some Formula One great. It's a European thing. I don't know. Now, do racing pigeons get named like racing horses, where it's like ah, la 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 comes around turn number three, and where they just like name completely ridiculous things that the announcers have to say? No, this guy's name is Armando, which mm, seems not bad. Normal. More of like a soccer name. Soccer. You look player at this name. pigeon though. You look at this pigeon, and I swear. Other than it being pretty fit. I mean, it looks like a pretty athletic pigeon. <laughs> as far as pigeons go. Like, it looks like any other pigeon that you might see on the street. I, not even kidding. Speaking I mean, it's of... obviously pretty sleek, but this guy is multiple-time champion, has the... How old is this records, pigeon? Olympic records. Um, oh, it doesn't say. I don't think he's too old. I, think say, I don't know. Prime. After, after like two years, these pigeons, they start dying. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no clue. He's... He is the greatest racing pigeon of all time, though. And 1.4 million, you have to believe it. If I may, I was, how, do, how does pigeon racing start off? Be like, yo, dog, I think my pigeon's faster than your pigeon. Well, <laughs> like, I'm sure it went back from, they usually, they used to use race like pigeons to send messages. No, I've seen Game of Thrones. It's uh, ravens. Well, okay, fine. But in the rest of the world, the real world, they chose to use pigeons and whoever, whichever one could get there the fastest, I'm sure they're like, I'm sure it was just exactly like what you said. Like, I bet mine's a little bit faster than your pigeon. Like, obviously, I got the message first. So, all right, fine. Let's go. Let's get a race. I think, if I remember correctly, I think I think it was World War One. There was a pigeon that actually got, like, medals from the British Army because it survived this, like, crazy trip, got shot, like, three or four times and still made it back to its destination to deliver its message. I'm sure that went super Like, well that's the next pigeon. level pigeon. Now, if I'm a pigeon, though, I don't want a medal. I want lifetime supply of seed or something like that. You know, <laughs> like give me the give me the good stuff. Now, the the thing that I was wondering, I'm like, why is this pigeon going for so much? And something that Kyle always mentions, I, I just you got to follow the money. And I was like, why I think, is it if that I may, real quick, I in think China, in China, the only way that, that's legal to bet, like the only thing you can legally bet on in China is. Pigeon racing. So I think the last like five or six times that apparently I have said you just follow the money has actually been you saying that I say that. You do say it though. It's <laughs> with me. But... <laughs> 40 episodes later, Kyle. 40 episodes later. This is 40. This is 40. You know, this would have been a this... perfect episode time to have Dylan join because like 44 people. But yeah. Dylan's in yeah, it's kind of Dylan's in some classified location doing classified army stuff or or not. I don't fully understand all i know is he couldn't get his phone to work with discord nicely uh, and the mic uh, he bought apparently doesn't work with his computer because computers don't have both headphone and mic jacks anymore or something anyhow yeah i had that i had that problem with my headphones for a while too so i, I feel them but that's that's yeah so if yeah, i make it's kind of quick, funny that the episode that is before the one we okay yeah I get yeah it, right I get it. well just pre- we'll just flip the episodes or something Anyhow, uh, the no, one pigeon story, like the gambling, it's all about, you know, this is the only thing that can gamble. Well, 
you got the best pigeons so you can make a lot of money off of them and i'm sure it's like mm-hmm. horse racing where you sell the chicks and you get a lot of money for the chicks and i don't know i just find it really funny it's like why would you sell pigeons you, you buy the pigeon and then you sell sponsorships so like you want a red feather to represent your company well that'll cost you a thousand twenty thousand dollars and we'll paint one of his feathers red to represent your company and you'll know that that's your sponsorship during the race there you go all right well that's all i got on that i just wanted to bring the, the one pigeon story i have is in uh venice yeah it was in venice in italy on our, on our honeymoon uh there was pigeons everywhere and there was legit signs being like do not feed the pigeons like do not like they're more of a pest right now. Like they're legitimately like considered a rodent over there because they're everywhere and they're like pooping and peeing on these old or these you know ancient artifacts and uh, buildings and stuff and just eroding things. Like they're basically considered vermin, and so they're rats we, with wings. They're basically rats with wings in in uh, Venice. So when we were there, we were at a restaurant eating, and this like three pigeons kept on like running under a table. And like, it was like legit getting super annoying and they had zero fear. So I kicked one and it was fantastic. Kyle. Yep. Well, I didn't kick it hard. It was more of a shunt, but I was like, Oh, please get between my legs. And actually like I did more of like a tries to like pinch it and like trap it in between my feet. And it freaked out, flew away and didn't come back. Wow. So that is how you deter a pigeon in Venice. There you go. Yep. That's, that's that's like life hack right there. Life so right there. I, we were just talking about the uh, sports in general. I guess for me, I don't fully understand most sports games as far as like the draw, like, like the whole like Madden, you get one every single year. It's like, I understand like updated rosters and whatnot, but I guess I was, I've never been into any sport enough where I need to get every single game Every single if year, I when you come out with a new you one. Play the the hockey. I feel like you played NHL hockey quite a bit. I had I had a NHL hockey game, which I played for maybe two hours total of play time, and that's about it. Yeah, backyard hockey, slightly different story, and backyard baseball, slightly different story. There, those two games, I definitely have some hours in. But, yeah, but uh, like Tecmo Super Bowl, you know, Tecmo Bowl like, and Tecmo Super Bowl, I have played quite a bit of. I'll give you that one. Sports games know. have gotten worse as they've gone on, I think. Well, they they, off... they've gotten graphically better, but I think play-wise, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just maybe not my not. thing. <laughs> but speaking of games, Google just yesterday? Uh, oh, Thursday if this comes out, so Tuesday, whatever, the 19th, um, released a... I forgot if it was at E3 or... Some, it was at some event. They released the knowledge that they're going... Uh, to be uh, starting up a new service called Stadia. It's like a video game service and it's like a streaming video game service. And so it seems like this might actually be like the future of gaming to me anyway. Because if you think about it, like games went from buying every single cart. Well, first of all, you buy like a console and the entire console was just a game. You'd buy Pong and that was it. You'd buy an entire system just for Pong and it was next level. Then, like, the next big hit was, like, the NES or, you know, the original Nintendo where you just bought all these cartridges. And now it's gotten to the point where, you know, graphics are getting better and better and better. And it seems like we've kind of started to flatline on the graphics department of things. Like, it's definitely still progressing, but I don't think we're seeing the giant leaps 
like we used to, where we went from like just a 2D image that was not colored like Pong to 2D sprites to a lot more colors and a lot more sounds that can be made. And then you have the jump to 3D with like the uh, I think Atari Jaguar and the N64. And then, you know, the poly count got better and better and better. And it still is getting better, but it seems like nowadays the big thing is like digitizing everything. We're like, I, th- I think I saw a joke once where it's like my Xbox game collection. And it's like your Xbox was just a ton of games on all on the shelf. And then my Xbox 360s collection, less games and it's all in the hard drive. And then like my Xbox one collection, and there's only like two games stacked on top of the system. The rest of them are all just digitized on the hard drive. And it seems like the next logical step is no physical copies of games. It's all on the cloud. You don't even need a system. It's just cloud computing. And that's the general idea behind Stadia is that literally you just get this controller or you buy the service. I guess I'm not still 100% sure how the purchasing of the thing is going to go. If you have to purchase a service or if it's just like you buy per game, but there's no downloading of the games. So literally within like five seconds, you could start playing a game, like a AAA title. It's all housed on Google servers. Like they're doing all the processing power. And because of the way they're having the network set up, they're having it so that way you're basically directly linked to the Google server. So you, there's like really low latency. And I think that's going to be the main thing that's going to make or break the service is if they can get the latency between your input and your character reaction to be minimal enough where you don't notice. Well, if I may, I think the thing that puts me off is it seems like Google already has so much information about me. It's like, well, now now we're giving them, they're basically just going to become a, this is your life is Google, you know? We're going to have a dystopia future. Turn into like an oasis kind of thing, like Ready Player One. Like you cannot escape everything in, in the world is all Google all the time. And I don't I don't know if that's a future i'm looking forward to i mean it already is sort of like that but I, there's something fishy about the cloud that i don't know it's uh, well, in control of everybody fair, else and i think that's a slightly different conversation than the whole like gaming platform true, but true. It, like as far as the stadia service goes it seems like one of the biggest benefits is because it's all cloud-based uh rendering of the game and you know save that kind of thing you can literally play on any device and it does not matter so you can go from a tv to your phone, to whatever, your computer, and it's the exact same experience for all of them because your computer is not the one doing it, so you don't need it physically installed on any device. You just need a a control method that you like. But the Nintendo Switch is almost like that. Oh, I agree, and but like I guess the whole point of this is the experience is the same. You can get any tablet, and it would work exactly like the Nintendo Switch almost. Yeah, that's a good if point. I, if I may, just to ask a quick question, Brent, you, you you do realize I literally sell cloud services to businesses, right? To you? Well, I love <laughs> I love the, your cloud <laughs> cloud to businesses. So I cannot take anything Nick says um, without a hint of bias. Oh, keep that in mind. No, I'm just kidding. The cloud is like, there's a lot of potential to it. I, it is nice, but there is something to be said for owning what you own. Not that I don't think, maybe if you're on a computer, you've never owned it. Like maybe you just don't own so, what's on a computer. Brent, it'd be, you would be very surprised to see and know it. 
Right now, it is impossible for you to go through your day as is without interacting with Amazon. Or Google or Facebook. No, I know. It's no, no, like, like Amazon, their web servers. I forgot what the stat is, but it's like 80% of the internet is hosted by Amazon servers. It's something ridiculous like that. Like Amazon, like they, they have their store and all that, but a good chunk of their actual profitability comes from cloud servers. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like all the websites and all the web pages are on it. It just seems like a lot to be putting on one company. And I mean, it, it's probably been like that already, but I remember there was a while ago that didn't Amazon server crash and it just like destroyed the internet for a while or something. Yeah, it's like Amazon day every single year. Yeah, or Prime so. Day. Yeah. You have legitimate questions. Um, ask them, and I, I can probably give you a, an answer, even if it's pretty broad. Again, I, I literally sell cloud services. I guess Nick, so does, does your does your company work with the Amazon servers? Uh, we're a direct competitor. Okay. I wasn't sure so if you were like an outsourcing of that or like a section of that in a way, or yeah, well, uh, the the company I work for is a direct competitor that's in the news uh, fairly often, um, and we offer cloud services similar to Amazon. Our CEO would say ours are better, and they they may or may not be. Uh, Every so- Amazon CEO will say theirs are better. If we're asking, <laughs> when well, I'm a CEO, and I'm going to say that my stuff is better, right? Of course, but um, the the truth is that actually. Amazon servers are currently still using some of the company I work for's servers, like old servers, and they're attempting to get off of them to um, use their own because of, well, obviously they want to use If they them. own their own, they might as well use their own, right? Yeah. Right. So at the, at the highest level, um, you had some comments about and the process of, of how it all works. There's a lot of things I could sit here and lecture you about that I'm sure you don't care about that much. Um, I'm sure I do. But think about, saying, um... think about it this way. You buy a gaming system. You're familiar with that, right? Yes. You've bought gaming systems most of your life or had them bought for you. Think about the technology and, and, and the approach there. You're buying a set of hardware that's standardized that provides X quality and X service and modern options uh, require updates. Your, your Xbox requires updates, your PlayStation, even your computer, like my PC. I just threw a new graphics card and not too long ago. Back in the day, you didn't need those. What do you mean? Okay. But, but think about that. You didn't need it, but it never got better. Theoretically, you're using the same hardware today and it is being optimized uh, over and over to to maximize its potential, but you're always going to be stuck having to buy new hardware eventually to compete and to to grow. As a business, so what, yes, that would make sense. No, no, in general, in general, your games. If you want to buy the latest and greatest game that puts you in uh, the world of Game of Thrones, so you can play Fortnite on your computer on your parents' 1998 computer, it, not possible. Can't work Good point. And games Good and everything point. else will advance eventually you'll need to buy new hardware what the cloud offers security questions and everything else i could walk you through but i'll just stick with me through this analogy what the cloud offers and, and why it's scary but good also for businesses is it takes you needing to buy the hardware 
that's why what Google's doing is, is, is actually kind of intuitively the next step. Like instead of having to buy an $800 console or whatever ungodly price they're going to charge for it, they're basically saying, hey, description fee or whatever this is, and you you have a, a controller and we'll maintain all your data, we'll manage all the hardware. It's just an internet speed question. Yep. So that's is a- always a question. But instead of having to upgrade uh, and get a new computer, get a new Xbox, get a new PlayStation, whatever it is, it's all just there. And it's it's... The computing power is maintained in data warehouses that store all the information, have all the computing power, and just send you the final product. And that's the draw for businesses. Or really, all you have is a screen. You don't like that's all you need is a screen. You just need an access point to the data, which doesn't need to be housed next to you. Now, the, the quick blurb I'll say for business is IT professionals do not like the cloud, but it's just because of job security. If you could automate all of accounting and finance as as a uh, accounting professional. I would not like that. I would doubt that. <laughs> the same thing happens with IT. We're basically saying, hey, instead of every company needing to have a professional IT staff that knows how to program and manage their own data and, and maintain everything, instead of the hundreds of thousands of dollars you pay those folks to keep everything running, hey, you know what? You're going to pay us for a monthly subscription fee. Take care of it. Oh, and by the way, our efficiency is 99% and it's co- contractually obligated. Our systems will not crash, and if they do crash, uh, we'll be paying you a, a large amount of money or giving you a huge credit for a long time because contractually, we need to keep you in 99.97 or some crazy percentage up. That's better than a lot of companies can maintain on their own. Oh, and by the way, upgrades and other things, you never need to worry about them. There's no downtime. Like entire organizations are shut down for weeks at a time because they're upgrading or they're trying to figure things out with insufficient IT If I may, staff. real quick story. Real quick story. At, at uh, the manufacturing facility I worked at, uh, so the company I work for, apparently all of our company's servers go through the one manufacturing facility as far as like, it, it's a really giant building in the United States. So it just makes sense to house the, the private, because uh, the company I work for has a lot of like aerospace, uh, defense security stuff. Uh, confidential ITAR things that you can't have on the cloud. You're just not allowed by the U S government to have those kind of things uh, in an insecure area or, you know, on the cloud. So all the, everything's backed up in servers in the manufacturing facility. Uh, Apparently during, I forgot exactly what it was. If it was a fire drill or it was some sort of quote unquote routine um, reset or something like that. Uh, somebody at the building, one of the IT guys accidentally pulled the wrong lever, so to speak, and shut down the internet for the entire of our company. And it's, you know, a global company and it was down for multiple hours. So I don't know how much that accidental button push or switch pull cost the company, but I'm sure it was a ton because it was every single engineering facility, every single manufacturing facility got shut down for internet. Like just internet was gone. It, it was nuts. That's brutal. But I, I think that's, yeah, like kind of to echo a lot of Nick's points, that's where the Stadia seems like it has a lot of potential. The, I think the main two things are going to be how much does it cost each month or can I just buy games I want? And then number two is what's the latency? If the latency is noticeable, it's it's no good for me. Like if if you have any serious gamer out there, they do not. They want zero latency, and if there's anything that's noticeable by a serious gamer, you're not going to have a sellable product to 
the serious side of gaming, which is like the people on YouTube, Twitch, which drive the mass public to a certain service or a certain game or, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. And there's, there's, if I may, there's one more little blurb I'll throw in here, which is really interesting uh, for me as a business perspective. And then I'll, I'll shut the hell up after that. But um, the, the last thing I'll share is the idea of the data lake. I'm not sure if you've heard of this concept. I don't think I've even heard that term. Data lake is a, a term and they, there may be other terms for it, but that's the one that is used uh, within the organization that I work for. Um, and that may not be a, a publicly shared term, but it's it, it makes sense. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. So we have this cloud computing and you have businesses that have all of their information stored in the data warehouses around the world that we have. And what they do is they store that data and the data is stored individually and only the people with the access to it who are within the company uh, can can know what that data is. However, as if they opt into it, we take their data, we wipe away any trace of recognition. So you'd never know if uh, what's a company that we don't work with. I, I don't know if we work with this company or not. I'm just, just use Google. Just throw Google in there or something. Serious. Sears, I, I Sears is tanking. <laughs> Shopco is tanking. <laughs> Kmart. Throw. It's Sears is, is a large retailer, and in a better time, they were doing better. But they store all their data in the hypothetical cloud we're talking about. Um, we would take all their data, if they allowed for it, and we would add it to a data lake, a data pool. Uh, and we would take another retailer, Kmart, and we would take all their data, and we would dump it into the data lake. And you would take all these organizations and you would strip away anything that would identify it to an organization in specific. So you have like numbers of employees, you have uh, different roles of the organizations, you have the financial performance, you have all of this information into one giant data lake. And what you can do is you can sort through that and use that information to say, okay, well, within the retail industry, here's what your competitors are doing. And you know you don't know which one. You have no idea. You can say there are you can be like 14, on average, yeah, two hundred retail operations that are stored in the data lake. You know, five of them happen to be you know big names, but they can look at the big data. That's that's a term that's very common. Big data, the data lake, and, and they can sift through that and use that as a a tool to understand their customer, understand their competitors. And, and make better business decisions based on the data lake of, of material. And there is no way to identify it. You can't ever bring back something from the data lake to say, uh, yep, that's uh, that's Brent Smith who works for Sears and he's making $125,000 a year. Like you'd never- Oh, you, Brent no Smith is doing pretty good for himself. Brent Smith is kicking butt. Uh, but you'd be able to uh, track that. I'm saying you rather you wouldn't be able to track track that back to a company, back to a person, back to anything. But you have major data points depending on what was stored in the data lake, and that's incredibly useful for companies that are part of that data lake um, to to be able to know what competitors are doing, sizes, how things are run um, from a, a larger population like that, and that's possible through the use of the cloud computing. So everything is secure. I think one of the th uh, things I was told on when I was hired with the organization I work with is we've never been hacked. I, I think our, our CEO regularly touts at, at company meetings, uh, not that you want to tout too loudly, but um, <laughs> no, we've never been hacked. Nah, 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 nah. Like you, you, you want to know that you're secure, but it, it takes pretty big cojones to, to walk up in front of an entire organization and be like, Hey, 
we've never been hacked. We've never had an issue. We have the best security possible. And that on top of everything else we're doing and, and the future, the future is very realistically cloud computing. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a scary thing. Uh, it, it's rough for IT professionals because right now everyone says, oh yeah, IT, IT. And there will be IT jobs. There's no doubt. But the days of companies maintaining their entire IT staff that operates hardware and, and their own data centers, that's just not an efficient thing to be doing on an individual level. It doesn't make sense. Well, I think outsource- if I may, it's kind of like almost everything for companies. Like, uh, for example, uh, I, I was explaining this to Juliana the other day about just like making a product, like all smaller businesses or OEMs or even engineering firms, like we don't directly necessarily make anything besides just combining off the shelf parts or like, or we'll design custom parts and combine things. It just doesn't make sense for companies that have high variety of stuff to make everything similar kind of like, like you're saying for the, for the tech thing, it makes a whole lot or the it area. It doesn't make sense to have three or four, whatever, however big your group it guys are for your company. When you can outsource that to a company that specializes in it is way more efficient at it and can just do it better, faster and cheaper. Exactly. Right. And exactly. it's, it's almost with anything with business. Like if you want to be a can company and I want to sell small cans, big cans, medium cans, whatever the peel top cans, the, the cans you have to, uh, the cans you're allowed to microwave, whatever you, you want to sell all those cans. It doesn't necessarily make sense for you to make all those cans, but you can go to this guy who's really good at making small cans. This guy's making good, really good at making medium cans. This guy that's really good at making me- large cans buy whatever you need to sell to your end customers from all of them. And then be like, okay, customer, here's your order of five, small, three, medium, and two large. Like here's your order. And instead of them having to go and source all those things for them. Absolutely. And I actually worked for an organization in Wisconsin. Uh, I'll use the name because I haven't worked there for a number of years, but Alta Resources. And that's not even something overly technical. What Alta Resources does is they they have a bunch of customer service reps. They are a an, an entire organization built around providing customer service for very large brand names. A lot of names you'd know. Um, uh, old customers, I can't say if they're current or not. I don't know. I haven't worked there, but, uh, names that would ring a bell, Sony, Disney, uh, Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson. These are organizations that, uh, at one point or another worked with all the globally known, globally known. But here's the thing. When you have, uh, engineering firms or doctors organizations, uh, those kinds of organizations need to offer premier benefits and premier, uh, compensation packages that, you typically wouldn't have to offer someone who, who answers phones for a living. Now, not to speak little of them, they had to deal with, especially in uh, the medical field or, or overly technical fields. You get a lot of tough questions, a lot of tough customers, a lot of, a lot of real assholes on the phone, frankly. But um, what those large organizations would do is they didn't specialize in customer service. I mean, certainly they can pay someone to answer the phone, but that's not their specialty. They would take that and outsource that process to a, a company that specializes in all right, you handle our people, you handle our customers. We're going to focus on doing what we do best, our core competency. Uh, same kind of concept. You're just taking the business model of every business model and saying, okay, instead of having to manage your own full IT staff, you can outsource it and, and we'll help you take care of that. And you'll always be modern. You'll always be up to date. There won't be any downtime. I mean, it's it's a pretty easy sell, frankly. The only problem that you're going to see in the next five to 10 years 
is so many organizations have invested so much money because it's not cheap in in creating because there was no other option in creating those great IT teams, those great IT resources. But as those become um, older, as they become no longer sustainable, uh, everyone will be moving to the cloud. There is no question in my mind. All right, that's that's my business plug for the week. If we can move on to something. So non- speaking <laughs> of business, and just like Wisconsin, you, you brought me back. I saw there was a couple of business moves that people are making for themselves. Uh, both Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews uh, have made the business decision to leave the Packers and go find greener pastures elsewhere. What do you guys feel as Packer fans about Cobb and Matthews leaving? So I guess I am not really versed. I, I I didn't I didn't I heard about this, but I didn't like read into it or I don't know any of the details. All I knew is that Cobb and Matthews are both leaving the Packers. I guess Matthews personally, I don't really care too much. Like he's he's starting <laughs> to get towards the washed up state. I think his leadership in the locker room and call him out. You know, leadership on the field is still pretty good. And he obviously like he still made some plays last year that were needed to be made. He also like made some plays. Yeah, he also made some penalties that were, in his defense, pretty sketchy and not necessarily uh, actual penalties. Whatever. You you get it. But Cobb is definitely a loss. Uh, I mean, he does have the injury stuff that he's had the last, like, two years. He's had injuries kind of limiting his season, which is definitely not good if you want your star player to have, you know, limiting, limited seasons due to injuries. But... Yeah, Cobb's a bit of a loss, uh, and then Matthews. It's he. He's definitely is a loss. He's definitely a face of a Packers. I'm. I'm sure he was. Um, I forgot what the term is, but uh, branded or whatever, where he's he's signed as uh, a face of the Green Bay Packers. I, f- I forgot what that's called, yep. but face yeah. the franchise. Yeah, like a fran- franchise tagged. That's that's the word. But I guess I guess did they choose to leave or did the Packers just not? pay them what they were requesting to be paid. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit of both. I, I don't think the Packers for you if you want. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Nick. They, they weren't going to make an offer for them. Um, not an offer that would be anywhere near what they wanted. Um, quite frankly, uh, Cobb was a, a good slot wide receiver. He was never capable of being a number two. He was quick. But he wasn't tall, and he he didn't have outstanding route running like a Jordy Nelson did. Uh, and Jordy was also much taller. But uh, I can say that, yeah, we weren't going to offer him the kind of money he wanted. He had an injury uh, last season and was, what would I'll say, far from productive. Um, same thing with Matthews, where he only had three and a half sacks. I think last year was a stat I read. Um, if you put yeah, him in middle linebacker, he is, he is incredibly intelligent. He's incredibly experienced. Uh, he is, yeah, the face of the franchise. A uh, franchise tag is actually a term um, that has more meaning, I think, than you may be aware, Kyle. Franchise tagging is a formal process of saying, okay, we're not going to sign you to a long-term deal, but we're going to make you uh, the one player each franchise can do it to. They will give you a contract that pays as much in the one year as is the average of the top five best paid at your position. So that is actually a contract technical term, franchise tagging. Uh, he was certainly one of the faces of the franchise. He and uh, Aaron Rodgers both, but franchise tag is actually a separate tag. But um, he's too slow. Uh, I think we all loved AJ Hawk. 
He was fantastic for, for many years, and I think he's one of the leading tacklers in the organization. However, he's the leading tackler. Well, he's, he's now now he's doing like announcement booth stuff. He's actually doing pretty right. good at it too. He's pretty funny. Not afraid yeah. of transitioning into that, but he got too slow. Uh, he he could not keep up with anybody. And Clay Matthews is unfortunately in that same category. He is incredibly strong, but never the strongest guy. He he was never a great bull rusher. He always found a way to dip underneath the 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 tackles on the edge or or slash through the middle quickly and before anyone could react. Smart so his way into the situation. Yes, when he's, he lost when he lost his speed, he lost his ability to be an effective pass rusher. He's still a great tackler, um, but he's he's just too slow. So if he, I he may, do you, do you think his decline? So if I may, do you think Clay Matthews' decline is directly correlated with the fact that he got busted or not busted for PEDs? I don't really know. I don't remember that situation, but there there was a very common thought that he was on stuff i think it was mainly because of him being in pitch perfect three to be honest i don't even know though (laughs) because if you look at him in college he's really he's tiny he was i mean he was a good player but he he definitely bulked up really fast almost like a jj watt you know where they're all of a sudden monstrous people i know there was something that they were investigating him for too so i I don't know is like maybe he he lost a step because he couldn't get his extra little It's juice in the morning. He got too slow. Uh, You can use steroids all you want. You can use whatever PEDs. And I'd like to think he didn't. But truth is, I I believe most players at one point or another were on some kind of what should be banned or is frankly banned substance in their careers. Uh, Prime example, uh, I was fortunate enough to play at at a very high level at the high school level. And I played at the all-star game for the state. And there was a player on a, a rival team in Wisconsin uh, who I won't name who's actually in the NFL now that I, I went against um, and his his teammates basically told us flat out yeah he's on something um, <laughs> not, I'm not gonna say what it is it doesn't matter this was high school and there, I, I was never tested and I was pretty good uh, no one I know was ever tested at that level but um, that to, to to compete at the highest levels of any sport, um, especially at the Olympic level, uh, there was a very interesting podcast about uh, the Russians cheating in the Olympics and uh, doping and all this other nonsense. And I mean, the NFL is is a, a league based on winning. And in order to win, you need to have the very best players possible. And there are a lot of things you can do to not break the rules and still be better chemically or physically or however you want to look at it. And, um, you know, is clay part of that? Maybe. I mean, I'd like to hope not, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he was, um, it would be a little disappointing, but if he is, I'm sure he's not the only one. And, um, the game is today better than it's ever been making more money than it's ever made. Um, it, it's, it's not going to change quickly. So I guess that's my, my blurb on that. Ultimately, yeah. uh, Cobb was injury prone and was never capable of being a number two. Uh, if he can go back to being a slot receiver, he can have a few more productive years. And, and Matthews lost a step. And at linebacker in the NFL today, uh, speed kills. Speed is everything. And if you don't have that, uh, you're just not going to be a, a great player or even a good player anymore, especially at the linebacker position. I say, you if know, I... 
Okay. Say, okay. Right. If I may, real quick on the whole steroid thing, uh, especially that Russian, the the uh, di- the uh, uh, Sochi Olympics scandal thing. There is a documentary on Netflix. Like I'm a huge documentary guy, and there's a documentary on Netflix called Icarus. I think the the fo- the title or the the box art's like Putin's face in like red monochrome kind of thing, and it is a fantastic documentary discussing what went down in the Russian sports. The general um, idea behind the documentary is that this one guy who's an amateur uh, cyclist wanted to see like, Hey, like how hard would it really be to get away with doping in an amateur event? Like, so he wasn't going for, you know, anything professional. It was just an amateur event, but the amateur event did drug test. So the general consent, you know, idea of the documentary was, you know, how easy is this to do? Like, can the guy was can on I get the Joe Rogan uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast. If you haven't listened to that, listen to it. If you, I'm assuming you've watched the documentary, but Joe Rogan uh, had him on his, on his podcast, and it's about an hour, hour and a half long, I think at least. And they talk about the making of it. They talk about uh, the scientists uh, for the Russians who is like on the run from the Russian government. And- yeah. So that's what I was going to get into is that the scientist that, so this guy started by working with an American doctor and the American doctor's like, dude, I, I can't be supporting this. Like this is unethical. And so he went and found the Russian doctor that was basically in charge of the doping for the Russian Olympics. And then like halfway through this documentary, it just takes a turnout right field where the, the guy is all of a sudden like fearful for his life. Like all that scandal starting to go down in Russia. Like he thinks that Putin's going to try to get him executed, like not executed, but you know, killed because they don't, he doesn't want him to talk. So like they smuggle the guy out of Russia to the United States, but his family's still stuck there. Like it just, it takes a crazy turn and goes down some details that are like super interesting. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for a good documentary, Icarus on Netflix, super solid. Uh, I want to connect these things. So we're talking about, let's see, Cobb and Matthews, who are obviously Pastor Prime. And then you just mentioned Netflix, which is about movies. Reminds me of a movie that's definitely going to be Passage Prime. A movie series, actually, Toy Story. Not going to lie, after the first one, maybe even after the second one, it's just, it's a cash grab now. I, I just oh, it is 100% a cash grab. Toys, it always was, actually. Honestly, it was like the first movie with advertised toys or something like that well the original toy story was i think a really i mean it's a fantastic idea it's a classic like toy story one great movie and then i think i don't know if toy story at some point in time in filming history people decided that sequels are okay to make and try to make more money off of an initial movie i don't know when that was decided but it, it's gotten to a ridiculous point with like transformers even like that's just a prime example of a god-awful franchise and like oh fast and furious it's not even about cars anymore they're saving the world at this point it's just like okay but, star wars is no longer about stars <laughs> actually i don't think it ever was but star wars i mean if you watch those last few movies are it got disneyified it got disneyified yeah but I, I'm just not excited about it. I mean, Frozen 2 is coming out that looks to be the exact same type it's of thing. It's also a cash grab. Yeah. I, I miss the days of of unique non-cash grabby movies. I will say, Mar- just- like Marvel. Actually, I just we just saw Captain Marvel. Maybe we can talk about that in a second here. But like, I think the Marvel movies like 
I don't know how, but they are doing that right. Like, I think, I don't know who's behind this mastermind, but somebody has a overarching plan for the Marvel franchise, and they're doing a great job at executing it and making sure that every single character, you know, has a good, at least a, a good, at least a good, if not necessarily great, but at least a good backstory. And then there's a great one every once in a while. And then the, just when they come, Marvel's doing it right. Captain Marvel? <laughs> no? I jumped into that one, or I guess I did just see that. And uh, to, to, to nobody's surprise at the very end of the movie, uh, Megan had a, a ton of questions and, uh, didn't realize that she had seen other movies that were in the same series uh, as that movie. So I had to explain to her uh, very simply all, all the different things that had happened and the, the relevance of, of certain things. Uh, it's it's not a major spoiler, but you find out how Nick Fury uh, scratched his eye or needs to wear the eye patch um, in that movie and little things like that, that, okay, if you've been following along and you have any idea what's going on, it all makes sense. And then, uh, what blew Megan's mind? Uh, I love her so much, but she's horrible with movies. Uh, at the end of the movie, they—it's a Marvel movie. They always have kind of teasers for the next movies in the series to come out. Uh, at the very end, we're sitting around waiting, and um, she sees all these characters, and she's like, "I have no idea what's happening." I'm like, "You saw the movie that led into," this. <laughs> and I had to explain it to her uh, with no spoilers, the snap and the repercussions of everything that went with that. Um, had seen that movie and she should know that based on that who these characters are and um yeah she's she's not as passionate about it she has a very um she just is patient with me as i like to go to these movies so i was glad she came with uh it's always a little painful to realize she you know just isn't that interested or doesn't uh, get as invested as i am same thing with game of thrones i've before every major season, I've, I've rewatched all the prior seasons, although um, I'll put that in the same category as Money Grab, frankly. They're spending more uh, – like they're trying to do something historic. They're spending more than anything else, uh, any anyone else in the history of, of television to create a bunch of mini movies. But um, it just how poor it, it got from moving from George R. R. Martin's material to Hollywood writers. And, and there's just a lack of creativity, and I'm not sure if that's – the corporate culture around it and if it doesn't fit the formula it just doesn't work or what but um yeah whether it's movies or money grabs today or a lack of creativity or you know the people in charge of are, are very often in a lot of industries oh we've done it this way for years and years and you know the 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 stats say if we make a sequel it'll make 66 percent of what the original movie made so if we want to make 10 million dollars our budget is this uh go ahead and make it you're just like okay this is all just goddamn garbage but i, I think if i may a lot of the times people miss what makes the original magic of the first one so pop you know well we have this new technology or maybe this is what people really liked about it but it was really a whole other aspect of the movie like frozen is all cute i was all about you know Let it go. the songs the the just surprise of the story i think if if well, I may, if Frozen Two doesn't have that, it's not gonna it's gonna bomb. It's not gonna be as good. It, it it does have that. I I can already tell you from the preview. Uh, I was impressed with the preview because one of the reasons they had as much success as they did with Frozen is it was something different. It wasn't 
the man comes to save the woman. Uh, they they had a major male character, and they had him falling for you know the female character. And at the end of the movie, it wasn't about oh my prince charming is here to save me. They sent a message that no, this it was the power of love. It was sisterhood. It was, it was more important. Now uh, whether you support that or not, it doesn't really matter. It was a different message, uh, and True. even. Even in the preview for Frozen 2, which I just saw today, uh, although I watch previews for movies all the time, so I, I've already seen it. But uh, even in that, there's the three main characters, and I forget the names. There's the two sisters and then the main male character. And the main male How character you. is standing in the middle, and he's got Sven, maybe? I don't know. He's got a sword on his, on his, on his belt, and they're walking away from the camera, and then the uh, redhead turns around and sees something and grabs the guy's sword and starts swinging back at the camera. We don't know what she's swinging at or what, you know, what perspective we're seeing it from. But even in that, they seem to maintain, okay, these women don't need a big, strong man to save them. He's one of their comp compadres on this adventure, but it's not about him being the prince to save the day. It's, it's the two girls working it out and he's just kind of there. Uh, they may put a love interest in there, but they seem to be sticking to their core with uh, the redhead grabbing the guy's sword and, and being the main character, not allowing for the big strong man to come in and save the day. So they are they do seem to be sticking to their guns in, in what made Frozen different and what made it good. So I'm not saying for sure it'll be great, but I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah, you say there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. All right. You guys have anything else you want to cover? No. Um, no, we're at, we're at like we're at an hour. It's up to you guys. Okay, okay, okay. Well, it's hard to believe, but thirty nine episodes ago, we were at episode one, and now, you just heard episode forty of If I May. I I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, bringing with you a new episode, or bringing to you a new episode every Thursday. Support us with uh, this merch available at our Teespring site. Subscribe, share, rate, review. Uh, and if you want to get in contact with us to give us ideas for topics that you want to hear in the future, just send us a DM on Twitter at Zarebust or email Zarebust at gmail.com. Have a great Thursday, and we'll see you next week. Bye now.